Halashing for Halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11am for Essen Fresen where it's all about the food. Welcome to the Essen Fresen show. I'm Sharon Lurie and with me today is Adrian Bagart, my, my partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who likes to see a plate full mm-hmm. and almost empty at the end, it's Got to, we've got to ensure that it's really tasty. So, join me in the kitchen. We don't have to faff to make the make it fabulous, mm. or punch around to make it perfect. And coming up on the show, we have oh, at the first show of 2024. I know. Yeah, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight? That's one section. Marry me, chicken. Meals to impress your partner and keeping it simple but so scrumptious. Now I have to ask something, Adrian. Yeah. What did your husband what did you what was the first thing you cooked for your husband when you met him? So by the time I cooked him a meal, I kinda knew what he liked. And so his first meal was spaghetti bolognese. He loves spaghetti bolognese. But in those days, and I think about it, I was thinking after you asked me, I was thinking like, how has my meal changed since those days? Well, in those days, first of all, I didn't have much of a kitchen. I have to admit, I was living in a tiny little cottage. So, but I also made them so much more complicated and sweet. I actually made it with caramel syrup in it, by the way. Oh, yeah, wow. I used to make, but it was the tomato paste and the tomato puree and the onion and the mince. And then I would put a little bit, of, a tablespoon of the caramel syrup in and in my herbs and stuff like that. And it wasn't like the most healthy of ones. You know, I didn't know how to cook properly. I was, you know, living on microwave meals like not my, that my mother would make and then put them in because that's <laughs> all I had. And spaghetti. I was living on spaghetti because that was what was easiest to cook and then when um, I moved to the flat we will eventually landed up when we got married I had this kitchen and I had to somehow learn to cook I was never allowed in the kitchen as a kid because I always made too much mess oh, really? <laughs> my that's nanny wouldn't let me in the kitchen that's that <laughs> was my, my bonding time with my mother no, my that mother kitchen. you know her and her and Audrey that was their time. Her and Audrey, <laughs> and when the internet came, Audrey was a great friend. When, my, when they were trying to decide what they were making, she would say to my mother, go ask Mr. Google, <laughs> you know, which was quite a funny thing. But it, it was, uh, I've learned, and my mince recipe has changed. First of all, it's quick. Things do change, yeah. Because time. I haven't got yeah. the time. Um, it's literally... And, and I, it changed again recently when I learned a new trick. So I put my mince in first mm-hmm. and I brown it, but I don't stir it a lot. So first I mash it with a potato masher oh, right. right, to break up those clumps because yes. when you buy them, it's always in clumps. And you leave it in the pot and it needs to go almost like brown and crispy before you stir it. Otherwise, you get this gray stuff. And even though you're adding the tomato in, it's still... Mm-hmm. doesn't have that rich deep color that we see in the photos for mince and for like any of those mince dishes our ragouts or anything like that so it goes nice and crispy 
Then I add a can of tomato and onion because, like I said, I'm too lazy to do all the chopping and the what have you. So I'm not even chopping a tomato. I mean, an onion for this thing. Um, my salt, my pepper, Italian herbs, and, one, and that's it. You know, one quick thing before we go to our ad break that my sister-in-law taught me was she takes a calendar or a big large sieve mm. and she puts the mince in that and she pours boiling water over it so that the to get rid of the excess fat and then she fries it okay, in so a fat I use free pan. Fat, I use the fat in a fat free pan with that fat. Yeah. Let's go to an ad break. Halashing for halas? Want to bry or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Okay, so I have to tell you mm-hmm. um, what I made for my husband it was only a, like a couple of days after weeks after knowing him I said come come for a bite we'll have something you know so I didn't know what he liked yeah made roast chicken and potatoes oh. now I must tell you the truth that um, I went to there was a beautiful pl- uh, what was it called I think in Hill Brown those days Fontana or something oh yes and yes, I got of course a, Fontana roast yes, and course. I said I'll have that chicken please <laughs> and I went in. This was before I was oh, both of us, yes. And uh, and it was a beautiful chicken, spiced up, made it a little bit more crispy. Served it with roast potatoes. He ate it. He said, "Delicious, Shaw." And then told me a few weeks later, "I don't eat chicken." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was. But I still got him. Exactly. My exactly. Anyway, so we're talking about taking the. Faff out of fabulous. <laughs> yes. Okay, shortcuts. Absolutely. Store bought stuff and just fabulous. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go to straight to what's for supper tonight. And yes. this is this is literally what's for supper at my house. So I have family from um, the US of A coming. Oh, nice. So I have to make them something really lovely. And they love broad meat. Of course. Just as I do. So something special I'm making is a whole roast on the bra. Ooh. Okay, so, and then I slice it very thin and I pile it high in a baguette with all the gravy and everything with the rocket, just sort of rocket peeping out of the sides and oozing with gravy and horseradish sauce and peppercorn sauce or mustard sauce, whatever we feel like. And But, of course, the baguette is still bought. Yeah. Uh, because making real French baguettes is an absolute nightmare. Okay, they need hours, like three days of proving. I mean, you've got oh to my prove goodness. that dough for like 72 hours. And um, they need a lot of folding. You don't actually... Yes. Uh, it's not the normal kneading, yes. Yeah, you've got to fold it. I've seen it, it being done. And then you, you've got to put it in the oven and make sure that there's a bowl in, of water underneath. It, it, it's a yes. job and a half. But admittedly, I did it once and oh my word, it was absolutely magnificent. But I tried it with real butter, oh. cheese, and pickled onions. Oh. <laughs> so oh. that, was, oh. that was me. Anyway, but tonight is a real meaty taste. And I think the most important thing about brying a whole piece of meat, we actually we're doing a scotch mm-hmm. fillet, is that you ha- the crust has to be special. Yes. It's got to be so tasty. So um, let's spice it up. And this is what we'll need. 
half a cup of brown sugar, not the, the soft brown sugar, not, yeah. not the regular mm, yeah. brown sugar that you get, nice trigger, like a muscovada or oh, a treacle sugar. sugar. yes. Lovely. Half a cup of that. Four tablespoons of onion soup powder. There you go. So, uh, store bought. Oh, but absolutely. there's something special about un- soup, the onion soup powder. So, so which, what, where, which onion soup powder? Oh, you can get. You can use the. Um, oh, what's I it use called? the inner palmon gravy. The onion powder gravy. No, I just use the the pick and pay to a power of one. Oh right. Checkers okay. to a power of one. Oh, what a pleasure. Pleasure. Two tablespoons of mustard powder. A tablespoon of paprika. This is for a three kilo. Yeah. A three kilo because there's quite a lot well, of us. three kilos is, well, for me, average. Okay. <laughs> Two tablespoons of coarsely ground black pepper. Half a cup of vegetable oil and two tablespoons of Worcester sauce. Just mix that all together. Mm. Now, I mean, we're watching the other day, I was watching... Uh, God, or the kitchen or somebody and they were talking about you've got to put salt 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 mm-hmm. on your on your meat and that's what helps to make the crust and whatever I just found that after our cushing process we don't need extra salt we don't need that extra absolutely salt. not so we combine all those ingredients together and spread it over the entire piece of the meat with the palm of your hand and make sure that it really goes mm. all over and then I put rosemary twigs, lovely yes. fresh rosemary t- twigs underneath and on top. Nice. Okay. And then I leave it to marinate, marinate, like marinate for three days. Oh. I leave it like that. Um, an old tip that I had was you can take muslin cloth and wrap it in the muslin cloth. That helps. Oh. I just cover it and pop it in the fridge. And then uh, I bry it until it's beautifully brown on all four sides um, take it off mm. now at this point if you're not going to use it like if I bry it in the morning and I'm only going to use it at night uh, let it cool off at room temperature just let it rest put it in the fridge then I heat up my oven again to really high to about 250 nice and high and then I cook that gorgeous piece of golden beef mm in the oven and I let it go to if you want it really rare like most yes. of my family like it it's about 50 to 55 I on, think that's the only way to serve to really make sure that you're going to get it yes. spot on Okay, is the 50 to 55 for rare 58 to 65 for medium I'd say 63 and then 70 to 75 for well done okay okay and it's easy and you get do yourself a favor i only started using it in the last couple of years get a thermometer it's oh, best, really it best. is the best thing that you can use for a beautiful roast yeah and then so I, i've let it rest and i put it back in the oven on very high wait until it gets to that temperature then I take it out again, let it rest and for at least 20 minutes before I serve it. And I serve it sliced on the baguette with fried onions, with crispy onions, with all the sauces that yeah. you want. And what I actually do is I put 
brown paper down on my table. Mm. Oh, I've got wooden boards. Okay, so, I mean, if there's all juice and it leaks out over the wooden boards, it doesn't matter. It goes on the brown paper. Oh. But just to see it dripping down everybody's mouth. Stunning. Oh, so how do you cut your ba- baguette? Do you do it lengthwise or is it just in slices and everybody gets a slice? No, what I do is I just chop the ends off because they're too crispy. Mm. And it depends on the length. Like I know that I bought from pick and pay now um, I saw you yeah yet. I got some baguettes and then I'll just either cut them in half mm-hmm. or cut them into three if it's for children okay uh, but they've got nice smaller size they've got baguettes. smaller size ones yeah. yes those are the ones I have to get because um, when I make garlic bread because I've got small ovens so they okay. don't fit a full size proper baguette in if I'm going to do that then I've got to do it something else but that sounds amazing I just you said the meat thermometer people need to be very careful you can get different thermometers there are the meat thermometers and then there are your sugar thermometers Ah. for those that are doing sugar and I've got both um, because I bought by accident (laughs) (laughs) but my sugar thermometer I definitely actually use you know the Pesach matzah crack that we make with the yes. caramel? Yes. I saw one made with uh, ordinary crackers the other day. Okay. She, she made it with ordinary crackers the other yes. day. Um, the exact same thing, just didn't do it salted. I like the salted caramel. but yes. So that's why like when I realized that my thermometers were different. Yes. And you can get, like if you prefer the digital, which I really like because you're often doing international recipes. That digital thermometer has Fahrenheit and Celsius. Celsius, So you can have both, which I like. My meat one is obviously one with just a dial, but I don't know what happened to it. It got dropped or something, and and it's set permanently on 50. So it's time for a new one. (laughs) But I just, that's the best. That has been a lifesaver, that thermometer. Yeah. Halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fressen Show. I'm Sharon Lurie and I have Adrian Bugatti with me and we are bouncing ideas off one another. So, Absolutely. So now you've got this stunning meat on the baguette. Yeah. And you're Jewish. There's got to be more. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, the plates have to be full and, and almost empty when you go to the kitchen. Okay, so with that, I'll have, I'm serving smashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. So that's boiled, I boil them in their skin. Oh. Some Most times I don't take the skin off. No. Okay, I smash them and I get lots of exposed different sides. Mm. So you're getting a greater area of crispiness. Okay, and I place about four tablespoons of onion soup mix. <laughs> one teaspoon of paprika, uh, sorry, one tablespoon of paprika mix, uh, paprika spice, and I mix that with a cup of oil, and I pour it over the oh. potatoes, and then I stick them in the oven, and I cook them on about 180, and I just let them crispy, get crispy, 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 and that's what they eat with, with, the, with their baguette. Well, sounds yum. Fillet baguette, <laughs> and that's a story. And then, of course, the horseradish sauce. I did just take some crane, yeah, the white crane, and um, I just added a little bit of mayonnaise. Let's say you're doing three tablespoons mayonnaise, then I would use two tablespoons of prepared horseradish, 
um, we don't need the vinegar because most of the horse, unless we really use mm. fresh horse, horseradish, but most, I mean, our horseradish that we get, our crane, has got pickled. Yeah, uh, but uh, even when I make it, it, I make mine mm. for the year. Yes. And it's got vinegar, and every now and again, if I see it drying up, I just top it with vinegar right. and pepper. <laughs> okay. And then um, one teaspoon of mustard powder and just a pinch of cane pepper if you want to, just to bring out that sharpness. Oh, yes. That is, that's the man, that's a horseradish cream that you can serve with it. You can do a lovely mustard sauce, which is simple mm. enough, but we were going to talk about. Um, yeah, it sounds like work. <laughs> you know what else? I, mm. What else I'm serving tonight? And it's because I have um, some gluten-free people. Yes, yes. <laughs> in, in my, my in crowd. your friend. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm doing. It's really so easy, and it's just so tasty. Mashed potato. You don't. If you don't want to mash up the potato, use those potatoes that you. That we're going to use yeah. with the with the beef, okay. And all I did, did was I bought a couple of packets of cooked brisket, mm. cooked. Um, you can use smoked if you want. I bought a tin of cabbage, the mm. sauerkraut. sauerkraut. Yeah. Okay. I make mashed potato. I put sauerkraut on top. Mm. Hot. I warm up the sauerkraut and I put um, the brisket on top of that. And you can put some of those that crunch because I know everybody's waiting for the texture because I love texture <laughs> with everything and then I just put some of the gluten free fried onions from Fresh Fellas yeah. on top of that okay yeah and it's just something different but absolutely something nice absolutely and if you don't want roast beef you can have brisket in your baguette you know for me <laughs> the potatoes are like the most versatile thing I don't know if you remember but I remember in Hillbrow we're talking uh, 40 years ago about uh, 35 something like that the pota- I know <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that um, there was a potato shop I think it was called Spuddy's it was a German owned oh, one do yes. you remember and you could have like it's amazing when you let your imagination rain what you can do with a potato because I used to have I know this is going to sound weird people the her- cream herring herring and cream on yeah. my baked potato Oh, wow. Yeah, but you could have goulash and you could have the brisket and you could have the sauerkraut and like all those things. And I'm thinking like when, like this is in the days before gluten free was ever even thought of. Right. These people were ahead of their game. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a lovely thing with talking about potatoes. Mm. You, but you actually need quite a big potato. Yeah. And then they mash the, the center and they put pickled beetroot. Mm. Um, so it's almost like a beetroot soup. Yeah. <laughs> Put some cream on top. Uh, chopped up chives, I think it was. And it's just almost that like, like a beetroot soup. <laughs> I must admit, loaded potatoes are a big thing in my house just because they're easy to do. Easy. So, yeah. And uh, and they're tasty. And mm. they're filling. Mm. Very. Pesach. Oh, absolutely. a lot of that. Absolutely. Okay. So, I think let's go on to... Wedding. How are you ending the meal? Oh, how am I ending it? Yeah. Okay. I have to ask you dessert. I made a... Because I don't do dessert. <laughs> I made a fruit salad mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of custard in it, a pair of custard, yeah. and then I put, I crumbled some cake mix on top and a little bit of coconut oil. 
give me a nice recipe. Okay, something similar to that if you got. Yes. So, yeah. we're not a dessert family, and when I do need to do dessert, it's got to be as easy as possible. So, my go-to are eat and mess, which we know is cream and meringue and berries. Right. And then I have one that uses the packet mix, uh, the vanilla muffin packet mix. Okay. okay. So, it's very simple. It literally, you know, you take a ca- two cans of peaches. Um, the small or the large? I'd say the small. Small ones, yeah. The, the, um, it works out to be... They're like the normal size okay. that the you buy. Your, your 440, yeah. that's the one. And then your, it's the original recipe wanted the cake, the box of cake mix. I just use a package of, um, a normal package for a 12 muffin thing. Uh, you know, and if you want to change it up, if you really want to experiment, you can use the chocolate mi- uh, muffin mix with strawberries, either one. And then a half a cup of melted margarine or butter. Um, instead of following the recipe from the box. You preheat your oven to 175. You pour the peaches into your baking dish. You sprinkle the, pa- uh, the cake mix dry over the top. You pour the but- melted margarine or butter over and you break it for an hour. And there's your peach cobbler. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that is my thing. And you serve it up if you're doing, if, you, if it's dairy, you serve it up obviously with whipped cream. And if it's non-dairy, just use some Orly Whip. Yeah, and, and, and or even plain ice cream. Yeah, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, delicious. So, and you serve it warm with the absolutely. ice cream. Absolutely, absolutely. And that to me is my kind of dessert because I these fiddly things where I've got to weigh a hundred hundred items, just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Okay, so now we were going to talk mm. a little bit about, um, what were we going to talk about? A marry Me Chicken. Yes. Oh, marry Me Chicken. Okay, so then when I found out that my husband absolutely, he loves, <laughs> he loves Italian food. Yeah. He loves it. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Just, just we interrupted a little bit. Mm. Okay, yeah. so he loves our maid. Okay, now he eats chicken. Okay, okay. Yeah. So now so you converted so him. Chicken. <laughs> this is chicken basilico. Okay, which okay. is basil, yes. basically. Okay, so we would need, and it's really delicious. It's simple. It's just a quick meal. Four chicken breasts. Okay, so the schnitzel, so skinless and boneless. Mm. Four of those. I don't know how many people you have for supper, but let's just do four. A quarter of a cup of flour. A tablespoon of olive oil, three garlic cloves, peeled and crushed. I put more garlic in. I know. <laughs> garlic is... Yeah. Okay. And then 150 grams of sun-dried tomatoes. You can get them, I think, the inner palmer Yes, the inner palmer in, in the little black and red yeah, bag. Yes, I've it. got them in my cupboard. They're like a staple, just in case. case. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's what I had. <laughs> yeah. A teaspoon of dried oregano. You can use fresh. Use about two tablespoons of fresh because it's really yeah. it's delicious. Two teaspoons of paprika. Three quarters of a cup of coconut cream. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're using the tins, just just put it, uh, the rest of the coconut cream into a little container and ziplock it or whatever and put it in the yeah. fridge because you always need cream. Coconut yes. cream for power of dishes. And half a cup of Chardonnay or half a cup of 
with sorry with half a cup of chicken stock so you would make a put a cube into half a cup of boiling water mix it up or you can just use chicken stock if you don't want to use the wine yeah and two tablespoons of nutritional yeast mm. which is gives us a nice cheesy kind of flavor to it flavor oh, instead yes. of parmesan yes okay and about a handful of basil leaves and you just shred them or pull them apart whatever you want to do and just a little bit of lemon juice for the end salt and pepper okay and what you do is you just coat the chicken breasts in flour dip them into mm-hmm. flour in a large frying pan heat a little bit of oil over meat over medium heat and then when it's hot, carefully add the chicken breast. Now, you can oh. slice up the chicken breast if you want to. You can really make them quite small if you want yeah. to. Because I like to serve it over um, pasta. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So then what you do is you t- okay, then you uh, cook, cook them, I would say about five minutes per side. And then you remove the chicken breast, put it on a plate, turn down the heat, and to the pan, you add the garlic, the sun-dried tomatoes, oregano, and paprika. You stir it for about three to five minutes. You add the garlic. Then you add the coconut cream, the stock, the nutritional yeast, and salt and pepper, and give everything a lovely stir. Okay, and you put the chicken back into the, into the sauce, where am I? Sorry, I lost mm. my spot. Add, okay, then you put the chicken back in the sauce, put the lid on the pan, and you cook it for about five minutes. And then you turn the chicken over and you cook it for another couple of minutes. And it's just, take it off, cook it, uh, make sure it's nicely cooked through, take it off, and I just pour it over some pasta. Oh, just whatever pasta you want. I mean, yeah. you can be the angel hair. I like I to... Angel hair. Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> I like the to use the little um, shells as mm. well because it somewhat cups the sauce. Sauce, yes. Yeah. So you get these beautiful, rich it's mouthfuls. Oh, yummy. Now, now what you're all going to say. You're going to say, okay, so Sharon, you've, it's lovely and smooth. Where's the texture <laughs> that you love? Okay, so here comes the crunch. And the uh, crunch tell me comes crunch. in the form of focaccia bread. Oh, yum. Okay, so focaccia bread, for those who aren't aware of it, is um, it's a flat leavened bread. It's made with yeast. But, I mean, in some places you ask for focaccia bread and they, they bring you like, a pizza, pizza. Yeah, it's a huge, a, big piece of pizza with nothing, with garlic, with garlic and herbs and on it, olive yeah. oil and whatever. Mm. Okay, um, but it's a beautiful loaf. In fact, they say that that's how it really should be served. Oh, okay. But I'm going to do it this way with you. We're going to. What we need is two cups of water, four cups of flour. Start with the flour in the bowl and mm. add one and a half cups of water. And then just you may need to add the other because you don't want it to be too much of a stiff dough. Yeah. It must be quite loose and sticky. A sachet, 10 grams of yeast. Be careful. Make sure that it's 10 grams because you can actually get the se- little... The seven little ones for the seven. machines, yes. Yeah, okay. And then you mix it together and you refrigerate it for 48 hours for two days. Oi, okay. okay. <laughs> so, you, so you can't make it tonight. <laughs> okay. And I left it actually, but I make mine, I sometimes leave it for 
day and a half. So then it's and almost then like a sourdough for Almost. Kasha, almost. Yeah, it yeah. would be, oh. Exactly. That would be rich and beautiful. Beautiful. And the secret is, okay, so by putting it into the, the fridge and re- refrigerating the dough, um, you actually get such a delicious focaccia. And you, as I say, you allow the dough to rest and it will give you a lovely area, area, <laughs> an airy focaccia with like extra pillow in it and pillows and you take it out and you put it onto a, um, onto First of all, you turn your oven up to the highest that mm-hmm. it can go. That's your secret. You've got to have it high. Yeah. And I found that by adding, as I said with the baguettes, by adding some water um, in a little pot into yeah, the underneath, stove yes. underneath. Okay, it's you, like a proving oven. Yeah, mm. but you're going to get it really crispy. Oh, so yum. that water, it put, you know what I do? I actually put it, I put it, on paper, put it on baking paper, mm. pour it out because you should be able to pour it out at that kind of dough. Yeah. And then just with wet hands, just push it to the edge of the, the pan. Mm. And then the pan underneath has the, the boiling water. water yes. in it. And then leave it on high. I mean, you can turn it down to 250, but leave it on high and it just gets you. Oh, before you put it in the oven, you've got to poke it with your fingers. You've got to have those that. divots. You've because got to have those little, yeah. those little holes. Yes. <laughs> and then you pour uh, some olive oil over it. You can put some uh, salt, you know, the Beautiful kosher, kosher, oil, ko- yes, kosher the, salt, the, the coarse one. You can put bits of garlic in as I did. You can put rosemary in. Oh, it's yum. really, take it out the Olives oven. And, oh, whatever you want. Yes. Some more sun-dried tomatoes. Absolutely. And, you can, and it's really so easy. It's so delicious. So there's your crunch. There you go. (laughs) With with your chicken. Yeah. Okay, so now some of your favorite, all-time favorite recipes, anything that you... In my house, uh, the grilled chicken. Right. So my grilled chicken is the easiest ever. Is it crispy? Yes. It has to be crispy. It has to be crispy. I'm sorry. Otherwise, it's not worth it. That skin has got to be yum and crunch. It is paprika yeah onion salt yeah. and garlic salt in equal amounts right sprinkled and rubbed all over the chicken skin do you put your chicken in the fridge first to dry it out completely no i just dry it with a paper towel oh <laughs> put it in the fridge next time it makes <laughs> such a difference yeah i just dry it with a normal paper towel um or you know just to dry it out so that everything sticks put it on if i'm using pieces or a spatchcock then I'll put it on, and then I put water in the tray underneath to catch the dripping um, if you want to make a gravy. So not a lot of water, just enough so that when it drips down into the pan, it's not sticking. And oh, you so you're putting it on a rack? So it's on a rack. Oh, then you it's must put be potatoes underneath. So, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, we do that. We definitely Rosemary do that. potatoes at the chicken. We just, I, I love doing that. Um, but also you can catch the drippings that are falling down to make it into a gravy if you want. Right. Because nothing better than making a gravy with your meat drippings. And sure. you just roast it until it's ready. So the way to tell if, some, if chicken is ready is generally if you stick your knife into it or you poke a hole, that the juices are like absolutely 100% clear. Um, you just have to remember with salting chicken, especially the kosher chicken, they've been in brine. 
So they're already quite salty. So you need to pull back on your salt and let people salt at the table. I'm yeah, learning absolutely. to do that yeah. because Me too. I, I either oversalt or undersalt. I never get it right. And that is my family's absolute favorite chicken. If they can have grilled chicken like that, Every the skin is crispy. Um, I even used to do like the wings, the tips of the wings get like really, really crunchy that you can bite on them. Mm. That is the best. And then my chicken recipe is like easy. It's in the slow cooker with a cup of apple juice, two sticks of cinnamon, and you put the lid on. And then you forget about it. Halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. You're listening to Adrian and Sharon, and we are chatting food. We are chatting flavors. <sighs> flavors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so somebody just SMS and asked for the mustard sauce recipe. Mm. Okay, it's easy. It's a tablespoon of mustard powder. Oh, yes. Okay, mustard powder. One tablespoon brown sugar, one tablespoon corn flour, pinch of salt, cup of cold water. Remember, you, it has to be cold water, otherwise that corn flour will not mix in. Uh, half a cup of mayonnaise and a tablespoon of prepared grainy mustard. I think mm, that the just whole takes grain it mustard. to yes. yeah, another level and a half a cup of non-dairy creamer. And you just combine the mustard powder the sugar, the corn flour, the salt, and the cold water in a pot. Bring it to the boil, using a whisk all the time. Remove from the heat, add the mayonnaise, the grainy ma- mustard, and the creamer. And if you want it to be, if you don't want it to be too thick, you can add a little bit more water, but I think that's a nice consistency. Mm. Mix it well and reheat it when you're ready to serve it. It sounds stunning. It's it's very easy, very quick. You know what? It just goes so well. Mm. With, if you get a brisket. Oh, definitely. If you get a pickled brisket. Tongue. Tongue. Mm. Exactly. I know people look at me funny when I buy tongue. <laughs> like when I, when <laughs> my kids say that they eat tongue or when we serve tongue, I don't know if your family eats it. No, my, my family, family don't eat it. Oh, I love it. They think it's not awful. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, no, we're not too into that. I know my father used to make it for him. Mm. My late father, my father-in-law, they loved it. But this plain old mustard sauce. Mustard sauce is amazing. It, it's versatile because it can go on your roasts, on your briskets. It can go on your chicken. Yeah. You could probably even do it for fish. It, if you've got a nice fish that'll take that kind of heavy Absolutely. sauce. So I think it would be beautiful. So you were talking last week about... Yeah. Um, what was it again? The um, your eggs. Oh, or oh the, the hollandaise, hollandaise sauce. Yeah. Yes. Which and I, I got home and I thought, you know, I've made something so similar to that. Yeah. But my bernet sauce. So um, decided it's just two of us. Mm. Let's have it out. We'd aged some Scotch fillets and was put them on the bra, and Ian said, okay, I don't feel like mushroom sauce. What yeah. have you got? So I made this and it was really it's 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 just. It's a, such a popular sauce in France, uh, mm. the Bernay sauce. It's and it's creamy emulsion of shallots and tarragon and the white wine vinegar, which gets transformed when you add mm. the butter. So what, oh, what the butter that I use is obviously that vegan butter mm, yeah. that I've found lovely, mm. and 
as an accompaniment, it's just so, it's delicious. Mm. You know, anyway, so I made it, but as I said, there's, there's, you've got to be very careful when you make it. But if we are going a little bit fancy, which we like to do mm. sometimes, yeah. um, you need three egg yolks. Mm. You need 200 grams of the, that butter, the plant yeah. butter. Two small shallots. If you can't get shallots, and just take a small onion. Yeah. And just really chop it up really finely. A red onion is actually nicer. Um, four tablespoons of dry white wine vinegar. Three tablespoons of white vinegar. So you've got your wine vinegar. Uh, sorry, no. I made a mistake there. It's four tablespoons of dry white wine. Yeah. You don't have to put the white wine in if you don't want to. Three tablespoons of white wine vinegar. Mm-hmm. Three tablespoons of fresh tarragon. Has to be fresh and finely chopped. A tablespoon of freshly ground pepper. Pinch of salt. Pinch of like some parsley if you want. And a little bit of pepper. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you how to make it. Halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the show. Adrian and Sharon are here helping you in your kitchen. Yes. I feel like you're all in my kitchen with me, especially when I make this sauce. Okay, so we've got to melt the butter. So that was 200 grams of our plant butter in a microwave. Or you can do it on the on the stove top um, just for about a minute until it's it's just warm and it's melted. Um, in a blender. Now you can't use a nutrient bullet because you have to pour the butter in. So it's gotta be something like a liquidizer. Like a stick blender even. You can like use it, a stick it, blender. It, yeah, okay, if you've got absolutely. the long cylindrical cup. Right. Mm. You've got to have that long thin cup. Yeah. That's what helps it emulsify. Mm. Anyway, you then what you do is in your uh, cup or b- whatever, mm. you, your little jug, you um, you put your three egg yolks, the vinegar, lemon juice, and salt, and you blend it for five seconds until combined, and then you stream in. Now, keep it beating. And you stream in that butter until mm. it until it ble- really emulsifies and blends. Yeah. Okay, because this is the tricky part. You don't want it to separate. Like if you ever made oh, mayonnaise, no, that's like oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then um, you you really let it beat up and don't, as I say, make sure that the butter is melted, is liquidy but not hot. Because it will cook the... Yeah, cook your eggs. Eggs, right. Then you add, okay, then you, um, once that's all done and emulsified beautifully, you add your herbs and um, just your chopped tarragon and you just serve it. I actually didn't put wine in mine. Okay. I left the wine out um, because, I, I don't know, just didn't... I didn't feel like putting one. In. Okay. <laughs> there you go. And uh, three, uh, you know, I just didn't feel like opening a bottle of wine just for three little glugs. Oh. But if you want to, if you've got a bottle that's open, use it. Um, and that's it. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, one of the things I learned about wine, um, what was it? 
drunk chef that used to have the TV oh, show. We Do you were talking him? about him the other day. Yeah. He oh always used to say that if you can't drink the wine, you don't use it in your yes. cooking. <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Uh, we just, as cool you said, just thin. open for three. And I'm thinking if I open the wine, I'm going to have a glass. So maybe it's not <laughs> yeah. a good idea to open the wine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. it. And, and the truth is, I mean, there are three sources that everybody need three basic sources. There's five mother sources, they call it. But yeah. three of the basics that are taught to all chefs as they start. And I think it's a good place to start in a kitchen when you're learning is your bechamel sauce, which is your w- basic white, white sauce, sauce. Right. Mm-hmm. The velouté, which is what we call a brown sauce. And the velouté is like basically chicken stock butter clarified butter which means it's been melted and flour to make your paste and then white pepper to taste and then you know just your kosher salt as well to taste so that's the first one Uh, I'm not going to give you the recipes we can always do that another time your bechamel sauce which is milk the clarified butter flour onion whole cloves bay leaf kosher salt white pepper and nutmeg mustard powder too just if you want yeah so you know you can vary the bechamel and that's what why they these base sauces are so important because you can change them you can take that velouté which is a brown sauce a chicken sauce Mm -hmm. and put mushrooms in it and you've got a brown mushroom sauce you can put onion in it and you've got a brown onion sauce you know so you can adapt all these sauces and that's why they're so important to learn and the white sauce and the white sauce you can add your cheese yeah but also doesn't have to be milk no it can be coconut milk. milk Oily uh, I use a mixture sometimes of, so- of almond and oily. Oh, uh, yeah. Almond just, milk. Yeah. You just the unsweetened remember. one. Absolutely. Because you, yeah. unless you're doing something and sweet. And then the hollandaise sauce that I spoke about the other day. Yes. And that's also, it's very similar. It's four egg yolks, freshly, a tablespoon of freshly squeezed lemon juice, and a half a cup of unsalted melted butter or margarine, some cane pepper, and some salt. And those are like three of the five very basic sources that everybody needs to learn to give yourself a variety in your kitchen and to make you seem like a better chef. <laughs> because you to France, Adrian. <laughs> Absolutely. No, because I, I think if you've got a proper sauce, I mean, my grandmother was like the best sauce maker and I still don't know how she did it. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that seems like we've come to That's an end. the first show for 2024, done and dusted. Okay. And we hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Craig. Once again. Oh, once again. I always forget to thank Craig. Thank you, Craig, for keeping us on time. And pressing <laughs> our buttons. <laughs>